This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 2nd, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Trying to turn the road to serfdom or the creature from Jekyll Island into popular children's books would be a daunting task. But it's a task that Connor Boyack has done his best to undertake. In his new book series, the Tuttle Twins find themselves, with some artistic license, facing the same problems that confound governments and civil society. We spoke this week about how he's trying to bring the freedom philosophy to young people. One of the challenges is really distilling the the core ideas down to, in our case, a 60-page children's book. You want to hit three to five core ideas that not only children can understand, but quite frankly, we're reaching an entirely new adult audience who is not familiar with the original works and who probably would never pick up you know, economics in one lesson. But through this very non-threatening medium, when it's a shared experience with their child, now we're reaching an entirely new audience, hitting those very fundamental core ideas. Okay, so uh, the one that spoke to me most uh, clearly was The Law by Frederick Bastia. That would seem to be uh, the most simple of the tasks to translate that, because the law, of course, itself is very short, yeah. and the the lessons there are clear as day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun, too, when you can weave in, you know, legalized plunder, and so we have a pirate in the story. I mean, you can have some fun with it and, and bring this down to a child's level. But So I've written five books for adults and now five books for children, and it's actually more difficult to write a child's book. You think, oh, it's just short, and but it, it's hard to have something where you strike the right balance where it's informational, it's educational, it's even inspiring in a way, it's uplifting, uh, but fun for kids to read it over and over again. And so the, getting that balance was hard. That book, The Law, was our first. Um, and so we spent a lot of time really trying to refine the story, figure out how do we communicate the, the basic principles of Bastiat's essay in a way that's going to be long-lasting, kids want to read over and over again. Okay. You also, more recently, you've done The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is all about sort of the inflationary effects of uh, giving some central bank the authority mm-hmm. to, to print money. So how do you how do you boil that down? So that one was fun. It's probably the the, the darker uh, book of our series. And so we took an actual creature, the, the twins, the Tuttle twins, imagine this creature that can go around and change prices and manipulate the money supply. Um, and so we introduced an actual uh, creature, a monster into the book that's kind of the, the nemesis and the, the um, you know, the bad guy in the story. And so they can kind of pinpoint the bad effects of all of this economic manipulation on this creature. And of course, they come to understand that the creature is just a nickname and it's actually a group of bankers and politicians and it's a bigger issue than that. But the the, the visualization and the story is wrapped around the creature. And so we, we try and do little cues, little hooks like that so a kid can understand, well, when you say Federal Reserve, most eight-year-olds would have their eyes glaze over. But when you tie it to a, a, a scary creature that they've seen in the book and they can kind of wrap their mind around, suddenly parents have a hook uh, to talk about these ideas with their children. All right. Some of the other topics you've done, the road to serfdom. Mm-hmm. So how was that uh, translated? That, that's our most recent one. And we changed, we did a little play on words. So in our case, serfdom is S-U-R-F-D-O-M, um, the name of a beach in the book. Uh, serfdom is a beach and the government has a ma- master transportation plan and they make an actual road to the beach serfdom using eminent domain, of course. And so the twins uncover the the unintended consequences of collectivism. They see that, oh, because of eminent domain, this farmer's land was stolen because he can't do his dairy farm anymore. The local creamery that's been in town for a century went out of business, causing all these people to lose their jobs. 
and so on and so forth. And so they trace the ripple effect uh, to be able to see, as Hayek warned us, the dangers of collectivism and central planning. Um, and so we help the, the young readers of our series begin to observe those effects. So in Bastiat's words, right, they can become a good economist by tracing not only the immediate visible effects, but also the invisible and, and prolonged effects as well. Okay. So that there's it's strikingly similar to economics in one lesson as well. Definitely. And that was the fourth in our series. We uh, The title of ours is the, the Tuttle Twins and the Food Truck Fiasco. Um, similarly, trying to convey, as Hazlitt does in that book, what the effects are of unfair competition, over-regulation, and distortion of the economy. So we use the story, which is a quite relevant one across the country here in America, of food trucks competing against restaurants, unfairly being told that they can't you know, park and operate within so many feet of a restaurant. Um, Institute for Justice and others have been litigating on this issue uh, most recently. And so we introduced that story because it's a very real one that many of our young readers are familiar with. They've been to a food truck, and we can use that as the visual and as the real world example to show what Hazlitt was talking about decades ago. Have you thought about branching out into doing other things that aren't so strongly tied to some specific classic work? Yeah. And, and in fact, we're soon going to be launching a YouTube series. I haven't announced this anywhere else yet, so your listeners get it first. Uh, probably in early January, we're going to launch a YouTube series where each video will treat a different current uh, event or historical issue. The books are going to be reserved for being based on original treatises, texts, essays, and so forth. We want to point our readers, after they've read our book, to the original work so they learn more and, and can go deeper in that issue. So we're, we're going to do 10 books in the series. Each one is going to be based on a book or an essay. But we want to branch out. There's so much more material to cover. And so we're going to have a video series with some child actors uh, covering all sorts of other issues based with the same kind of framework and philosophy as the Tuttle Twins book series. We're going to take it to video soon as well. You've got these books, and uh, as you mentioned before we started recording, you're selling, you are selling them. You are packing them up and shipping them. Uh, and I've seen pictures. Some late nights. I've seen pictures on Facebook of you doing exactly that. So, uh, what is the next step beyond you know publishing? You said ten books, but and and a YouTube series. But yeah. what's after that? So it, it's been a kind of an experimental project. Uh, when we started, we didn't know if the market was there. Elijah, who's the illustrator, is a, a friend of mine. He's also a father of young children. We said, hey, let's do a book. Let's see how it goes. The response is overwhelming. We're turning it into a series. We're doing a video series. Uh, but you know, it spread very well through word of mouth, certainly in libertarian circles, but beyond in homeschool circles and elsewhere. But we've come to realize that there's so much more compelling of a need to compete for the minds of young children where they're not getting this information. So specifically in public, you know, private and charter schools where the parents aren't familiar with these original works. The teachers certainly aren't. They're not presenting uh, this information. If anything, kids are getting the opposite type of information in schools. So uh, early next year, we're going to begin a campaign, a donor-supported campaign, to try and uh, fundraise enough to widely distribute these books directly into schools, giving teachers lesson plans so they can teach some of these economic and political concepts directly to their kids, and then the kids get the books to take home and continue reading. How does this translate? I mean, for parents who buy these books, and may or maybe are not familiar with uh, the original works, what's the uh, sort of spillover impact for 
for parents. That was actually accidental. We figured, hey, let's create children's books. And then about a year into it, we started hearing a lot of stories of the parents themselves being engaged in and, and becoming informed about these ideas, becoming really intrigued and going and reading the original you know, books that ours are based on, uh, beginning to you know, become part of the liberty movement. So we almost kind of stumbled onto that secondary audience, but now it's a big focus of ours to try and appeal directly to the parents, uh, older siblings as well, marketing to them some, some information, some courses, some books that uh, kind of build upon our series for an older audience. And so for us, really, it's about reaching an entirely new audience. Too, too, for too long uh, in the liberty movement, we've waited for people to graduate college uh, you know, or at least high school to get to them. But by then, they've got a couple decades of you know, propaganda, for lack of a better word, that we have to overcome. We have to de-educate them before we then educate them on these uh, ideas and this philosophy. So we're trying to say, let's start from a young age, let's build from there, uh, let's get them while they're young, introduce these ideas, and then see what the future holds. How has, uh, we're recording, of course, on Cyber Monday, uh, how was Black Friday for you, and how, how have sales been? Uh, yeah, like you say, we've been packing up the books ourselves, so it's been a lot of work. We're soon going to have to transition to something else because it was kind of a you know side project, but it's becoming a huge thing. Parents are spreading the word like crazy. Uh, social media has gone nuts. We're uh, you know I think we passed. We're coming up on twenty five thousand books sold, um, and so definitely it's kind of reaching kind of critical mass where we have to uh, commercialize this a bit more because it's reaching a much bigger audience that we need to be able to support. So we'll get there. It's been a ton of fun and the response has been awesome. Connor Boyack is author of The Tuttle Twins book series. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.